We just spoke about the fact that Mark Garneau made an announcement that a lot of people did not know about yesterday, and that was the fact that electronic uh, logging devices would replace paper logs on commercial trucks and buses by 2021. This is a direct result of that tragedy. The Humboldt bus crash um, in Saskatchewan killed uh, 16 people and injured 13 and left a lot of people looking at the safety or lack thereof of uh, buses and trucks. And so this is a result of that. There is something else that was launched. Uh, uh, The House of Commons Transportation Committee launched an investigation into bus safety after the Humboldt Broncos crash in Saskatchewan last year. And they also included the safety of school buses in their report. They released the uh, results of their report. And one of the weirdest things about this is that they are not calling for mandatory school bus seatbelts in Canada. Alex Bujaya joins us right now. He is a safety and legislation consultant with the Ontario School Bus Association. Alex, I think a lot of people thought that that seatbelts on buses would be a no-brainer and a direct result of that horrible crash that we saw in Saskatchewan. Why are you not recommending that? So first off, thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, I think uh, the work of the task force and the uh, the House of Commons committee really in looking at the uh, aspect of seatbelts on school buses really came to realize that it's a multifaceted issue. Um, you know, when we discuss seatbelts, uh, we're, we're typical or used to having that discussion around passenger vehicles and what we're used to on a day-to-day basis in, in driving our own families around. School buses are a completely different vehicle. Um, they're designed diff- differently. They're uh, currently designed with a compartmentalization system, which protects occupants. So changing that to accommodate seat belts, uh, while um, you know we're very happy to have that discussion, um, would include a lot more work to address driver issues, operational issues, and funding considerations that would accompany a decision like that. Um, so I think the the House of Commons Committee recognized that and uh, realized that there's a lot more work to be done before a seat belt mandate can be made. When you talk about a lot more work to be done, does that involve another study? Ideally, yes. I think we want to look at at sort of how seatbelts uh, would change the injury profile for for school bus occupants. Um, you know, we were pleased that the the report produced by the House of Commons basically stated that buses, and particularly particularly school buses, are among the safest modes of transportation available. Um, you know, for example, the National Collision Database states that uh, there's only been one school bus passenger fatality uh, in the past ten years. Now, one is too many. Um, As an industry, we are always open to exploring um, measures that can improve school bus rider safety, but we want to make sure that we do that with the proper information and data so that we don't end up with unintended consequences and wind up reducing uh, bus passenger safety through something that was unintended and overlooked. A lot of people think of uh, school buses and think back to the last time they were in a school bus when they were kids, and look at those seats, and I know you say they're designed to be compartmentalized and, and they are designed with safety in mind, but the idea that there are no seatbelts, that almost encourages kids to move around because we're, we've grown up, and the kids that are riding in school buses now have grown up being buckled in since they were infants, so now... You you know, they get to a situation where they're in the school bus and it seems like the ability to move freely is almost encouraged based on the fact that there is no seatbelt there. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the lack of a belt obviously does allow the, the student to move around more freely. Um, a lot of the students will go through first rider programs when they first are put on a school bus to be transported to and from school. And, and part of that program basically helps educate children to understand that even though there's no belts present um, for compartmentalization to be most effective, you know, they do need to sit in the seat properly. Uh, seat belts as well, you know, yes, while they will help uh, restrict, you know, a child from moving around in the bus, um, they also need to be worn properly as well. So one of the, the items that we think we need to look at when we make the decision to put seatbelts on school buses, uh, the vast demographic of riders. You know, you've got very small children who right now should be in booster seats or in child seats, uh, all the way up to teenagers and adults. And so we want to look at how, you know, a seatbelt installed in, on those seats can accommodate all those types of riders and ensure that it's imparting the safety benefit that it was designed to do so without accidentally creating uh, a different risk injury of injury to those riders. So the committee's final report includes a number of recommendations to beef up safety. Could you go through a couple of them for us? Yeah, I mean, one of the primary ones is, um, you know, the committee wants to support uh, Transport Canada in their task force on school bus safety. So Minister Garneau announced in February uh, a task force with governmental representatives and uh, industry representatives. It's uh, something that our association is participating in, and we're very supportive of it. Um, you know, to be clear, we are very supportive of the discussion of, of uh, you know, surrounding three-point seatbelts on school buses. Uh, we recognize that there are safety benefits associated with that, and it's it's a discussion we want to have. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure that that discussion is done in a way that uh, we we address all the operational and driver issues. So the, the House of Commons report did uh, support that task force and basically said that they should seriously consider the implementation of recommendations uh, by the task force, which we were very pleased to see. Um, there were other... Um, recommendations around um, alternative seat designs as well. Mm. So uh, accommodating things like we discussed, uh, integrated booster seats for children, uh, wings to reduce lateral movement, passenger airbags. So other other uh, methods that we could look at in school buses beyond just seat belts uh, to improve rider safety. So that's something we're very interested in exploring. Retrofitting is going to be expensive. Pegged anywhere between 8000 to 20000 per bus. Would it not be cheaper just to redesign seats? Is that one of the things you're going to look at in the study and just, you know, uh, put new seats in, in the buses? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, retrofitting is very expensive. Um, beyond that, not all school buses can be retrofitted. Um, the seats themselves have to be changed out. And in some cases, the floors of the bus were never designed uh, for the forces associated with the seat that's equipped with a seat belt. So there's certain buses out there that, uh, you know, to retrofit would be would be possibly not even uh, even capable of having that done to it. So, yeah, alternatives are, are very much uh, worth exploring and, and something that I think is, is a worthwhile undertaking. Alex, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you very much for having me. Much appreciated. Cheers. Alex Bujea is a safety and legislation consultant with the Ontario School Bus Association.